I'm really bad at transition, so let's just hop right into it. Uh, let's go to 2 Corinthians 11.3. <clears throat> I'm Josh Dangola. I'm 15 years old in ninth grade going to 10th grade. And uh, my message today is pretty simple. And, uh, <clears throat> but sometimes we can complicate Christianity and Christ. And so once I read this verse, it's very convicting. Second Corinthians 11.3. But I fear that somehow, as a serpent deceived Eve through his trickery, so your minds might be led astray from the simplicity that is in Christ. That is really convicting because Satan uses words a lot to like question us and uh, question the simple truth of the Bible. And like, can God forgive you? Does God really love you that much? And it really complicates things. So like, it can also blur the lines of Christianity. Like, am I allowed to do this? Or like, should I be doing this? But it's more like, what can I do to glorify God? That's the questions we should be asking. All right. Um, hop over to John 14. Verse 15. If you love me, keep my commandments. I will pray the Father, and he will give you a counselor that he may be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom you, the world, cannot receive. But because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him not, but you know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. This verse is super important because it says the world cannot see him. So if we're living that double life standard and acting worldly, it's going to blur our vision of the Holy Spirit and not be able to see his manifestation in us. So. Jeff had this really good analogy for our youth group class and he said he had us stand on this edge right here and uh, we were and then he kept like pushing us off and he said we uh, had to stay on the edge no matter what and so we were like trying different techniques like different ways to stand maybe like squat or and then one time me and TJ like held each other together before we could like overpower Jeff but no matter what he just pushed us off and he said the same way as sin like it's not about like how close we can get to sin without sinning because Satan can come and just like push us off. And he said, the only way not to uh, fall off is I'm about six foot, so you gotta be six feet away from the thing. And if he were to physically push me, I'd fall and not go into sin. Me and TJ, like holding on to each other, uh, just because you're with someone in sin, just because you're with someone doing those things, like getting close to the sin, doesn't like help you not sin. It's still, if you're so close to the edge, you can just be pushed over. Verse 18 in John 14. I will not leave you fatherless, I will come to you. 
Jesus doesn't leave us as orphans. He, he adopts us from orphanage. Go to Romans 6. Every time I go over my notes, it starts at Romans 6, but it always goes somewhere else. So we're just going to see where we go. Um, okay. About verse 3, yes. Do you not know that you were baptized into Jesus Christ, were baptized into his death? Therefore, we were buried with him by baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. Right there it says uh, he, he was dead by the glory of the Father. Everything Jesus did was to glorify the Father. And uh, John says that ask for anything in Jesus' name, and if it glorifies the Father, we'll give it, he, he will give it to us. And that should be our like one main desire in life to glorify the Father, because He loves us and we should be loving Him back. Josh uh, taught, teaches our youth group, and he said that I don't want Micah to obey me because out of fear of getting a spanking. I want him to obey me because he loves me as a father. Verse five: For if we have been united with him in the likeness of his death, so shall we also be united with him in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man has been crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we should no longer be slaves in him to sin. We should no longer be slaves to sin. For the one who has died is freed from sin. So uh, keep your finger in Romans 6, but go to Colossians chapter 3. First word in Colossians chapter 3, verse 1 is if. If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above, where Christ sits at the right hand of God. We just read in Romans 6 how to do that, how to be uh, raised with Christ. We're crucified in the waters of baptism and raised uh, with him in the newness of life. And so now, if you're baptized, now we're supposed to look at those things above, desire those things above because our flesh is dead and now that that's all put away and all that's left is our spirit man who's going to desire to glorify God. If you then were raised with Christ, desire those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God. It's really important that last part of this verse that sits at the right hand of God the right hand is the authority hand because Jesus died on the cross and now has authority of all death and sickness. 
you know, for sin and hell. And you're not going to get to heaven and see some, like, figure of Jesus and then in the, on the right hand of the throne and then a little bit older version of Jesus and in the throne and on the left side, like, some spirit figure. Um, in the Bible, it says that Jesus was the only image of God, the only physical image that can be seen. Verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. Luke says that where your heart is, there your desires will be also. If your heart's in the earth and, um, and fleshly things, that's just going to rot away. But if you put your heart and desires in heaven, that will last you forever, eternal things. For you are dead. And your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. Now that our, if you're baptized, our uh, flesh is crucified, it's our choice what we're going to do with that. Let's go back to Romans 6. Flip back over. Verse 8. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. We believe. We have to have that belief in him and have that faith in him. And then we shall also live with him. We're supposed to be connected to the vine because um, we are the branches and we're supposed to be bearing fruit. And if you sin, you have to ask yourself, where did I disconnect from the vine? When did I stop believing in God? Because sin is either your disbelief in God or like you're not loving God. Yeah, you're loving something more. You're have idols. You're setting something higher. Knowing that Christ, being raised from the dead, will never die again. Death has no further dominion over you, over him. But Jesus is in us, and if we are connected to him through the vine, then death doesn't have any dominion over us either. Because Colossians verse 3 says that we're hidden in Christ and God. And therefore, we have dominion over sin and death, and we shouldn't be dealing with that. Um, my main topic for today is, does anyone know that you're a Christian? Back, back in Romans 6, verse 8. This is the King James Version. Now if we be dead with Christ, we shall Now if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him. That word be, it's a state of being. Like you're in that position, you're in that place. You're like that's who you are. That's your identity. Just like how Jesus is the I am. That's his identity when Abraham was. I am. Uh, he is love. 
and he is the word, and if he's in us, and the word is going to be in us, love is going to be in us, and so we also need to take our, up our identity. So I ask you, does anyone know you're a Christian? Are you taking up that identity and living a godly life and glorifying God in everything you can do? Are you loving people? Are you bearing the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness? Is that like overflowing in you? Because if your sin is, um, if you're crucified and your sin is dead because you've been baptized, then what's holding you back from glorifying God in everything you do? When showing your coworkers that like you love Jesus and God also loves them and that they don't have to be orphans either because they have a father. In sixth grade, Brother Rodney came to church, and um, after his, I don't know, served speech, teaching, whatever, message, yeah, um, he, he had me stay after, and he, uh, God called me to be a prophet, and um, he told me this, and he told me it through Rodney, and um, Rodney said uh, he's uh, going to pray that a prophetic mantle be placed on me, and I was going to do double the work that Rodney did. But I uh, was like, okay, awesome, like, this is great. But uh, questions came to mind, like, <laughs> in sixth and seventh grade, like, nothing happened. I wasn't, like, prophesying to people, nothing was happening. Um, I was questioning, like, how many like prophecies do I have to do before I call myself a prophet or <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, but then I had to like push those like thoughts and doubts aside and like assume the position of like prophet and just say, God, like, what do you want me to speak? Like, talk to me and like, I'll speak it. But then there does come a time in your life uh, <clears throat> If God speaks to you and then you don't do it, why should he speak to you again if you haven't even accomplished the last task he did? Back to it. Does anyone know you're a Christian? We can't be on the fence about Christianity. We can't be that lukewarm going back and forth and on the fence. Because in the end, Satan does own the fence. And his kingdom as the fence. You either get to sow water or be silent, and silence is not an option because people around us are going to hell, and that's like the reality. Everywhere you look, people are dying and going to hell. And if like they're dying, don't you want to like tell them? If you could stop like a car crash from happening, don't you want to stop it? Go to Romans 8. Before I do, um, Jesus says, we're the light of the world, and uh, he, he was the light, and now he calls us to be the light. And this light isn't like 
I don't like this song personally. Like this little light of mine, I want to let it shine. Like no, our light is a big fire, like burning for Christ. And the only time um, it can go out uh, is not because of darkness. Darkness does, doesn't stop the light. You can't like make it darker in here by putting in darkness. It's the absence of light. And the only time darkness goes away is when we're scared. And dark, um, we're scared of darkness. And what happens when we're scared? Like personally, when I'm watching movies and I get scared, I like put a blanket over my mouth because I. <laughs> <laughs> but like we put that. Um, what's it called, this thing over our head, and uh, the light it can't be seen through that. The fire of God isn't some tiny fire. Um, when Elijah was on some mountain, and he was like bursting 450 prophets of Baal, and their like task was, well, make this uh, stone pile and like have fire rain down from heaven, and like see, see whose God is like legit and who is real. And so all the 450 prophets uh, got their thing and were like praying and they started sacrificing themselves and like cutting off their body parts and waiting for their God to rain down fire, but nothing was happening. And Elijah started mocking them and was saying like, maybe he's asleep, like maybe he's off doing something better. And so Elijah uh, makes his stones and he soaks them with water over and over. And that's the kind of like the darkness. They can be like soaked with darkness, soaked with water over and over, but still fire rained down from heaven and consumed it all. And that's the fire that's within you and with the, that's within me. It can consume all that darkness. The Holy Spirit is represented as a fire in our lives. And the apostles, after Jesus left, they didn't have the new testament because they were living now all they had was the holy spirit and that's all they could walk by and live by i'm not saying like don't read your bible but the bible's dead without the holy spirit i'm reading shakespeare in class the taming of the shrew and it's king james version it's all like he if doth he if and it's really confusing and it's dead to me uh and the same as the bible it's dead to me without the holy spirit like revealing to me and talking to me Okay, Romans 8. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Who walk not according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. It is, our relationship is a walk with God, but um, Isaiah 40, 31, I think, um, says that we shall soar on wings like eagles, run, not grow faint, and walk, but not grow weary. And that's like different stages in our Christian walk. Um, sometimes we have to come by someone and like walk, and we have to like uh, help them out and like edify them and um, like love on them with godly love and like pour into them and truly show um, what Jesus is. If we're not showing what Jesus is to like the perfection, then we could hurt the image of Christianity. The only reason that you could get hurt by your church is because someone was falsely representing Jesus.
And so we need to come and walk by them, like it says, and, not grow, and help them not grow faint and keep pushing them. And someday it will become a run and then they won't grow weary. And then after that, um, they'll be soaring on wings like eagles. Um, sixth or eighth grade, I had a friend named Charlie and he was like going through really bad times and uh, he was super depressed and he, we would stay after school together and he'd just like, not yell at me, but yell, yell to me, if that makes sense. And <laughs> um, he was just super like depressed and he's like, these kids at school, like they don't know what depression is. Like I know uh, they don't have bad lives at all. And um, he's just super angry and he would like sometimes get in fights with people and like he'd run away from home sometimes and get, cause he was in fights with his parents. And uh, we stayed friends and um, I just kept loving him and like walking with him. And then later on, uh, he went to this camp and was filled with the Holy Spirit and saw a vision of Jesus and like this really intricate vision and it was really cool. And he came back and was super changed. And uh, our youth pastor was with him and uh, Charlie was on the ground and like praying and uh, like shaking. And uh, Casey said to him that demonic spirits were like coming out of him, like angry spirits and that he would be free from that now. And so it went, went from walking to running to soaring and now he's soaring and like at a school and encouraging people and um, that he just got done encouraging someone um, about the Holy Spirit because they were doubting that they were filled and he's like, no, you were filled, like this is why. And he is soaring. Romans 8, verse 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. We are free. For the what the law could not do and what it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and concerning sin. He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. We walk not according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. That righteous thing, even if you do, like, may we see it? Okay. If you are living a godly life, no matter how many works you do, no matter how many people you save, that's not going to make you righteous. The Bible says Abraham was righteous by his faith. So if you really want to help someone become righteous, you need to help them grow their faith. And one good way to help someone grow their faith is by testimonies and your testimonies. No matter if you're like overcame or like if you're in the middle of it, it's good to share it because someone else could be in the middle of that same thing too. And then you're going to grow, help grow their faith because they're going to hear and say, oh, you're in too, but you're still pursuing, like I should do that too. Or if you have overcame, still tell your testimony. And uh, for people who are in it can say there's an out to it. Like there's another side. Righteousness comes by faith. But faith is dead without works. That's in vain. Like you need to show that you are, do have faith in God. 
verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, things of the Spirit. Here's the same thing that we read in Colossians. If it shows up in more than one place, it's probably important. Set your mind on things of the Spirit. Like, have the kingdom be here on uh, earth. It's not praying a prayer and, like, I'll get to heaven one day. It's having heaven come here because where uh, Jesus is, there is heaven. And if Jesus is in, is in us, heaven can be with in us, too. But the carnal mind is hostile toward God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. And those who are in the flesh do not please God. Go back to Colossians 3. I'm trying to use this because we're family, and uh, <laughs> I love you guys, <laughs> and uh, so this is like what we're not supposed to be doing, and if you are doing this, you're living by the flesh, and you need to get out, and it's your choice if uh, you want to idol this or not. Okay, Colossians 3, verse 3, for you are dead, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then you shall appear in, with him in glory. Therefore, put to death the parts of the earthy nature, sexual immorality, uncleanliness, inordinate affections, evil desire, and covenants, with which is idolatry. Because all these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Verse 6, because of all these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of God. Oh, sorry. Because of these things, the wrath of God comes on the sons of disobedience. Um, Colossians 3 talks about the sons of disobedience, and Romans 8 talks about uh, the, the sons of God. You can be a child of God, or you can be a son of God. Sons of God lives by the Spirit. And the sons of disobedience uh, live by the flesh and are going to endure the wrath of God, but we don't have to endure the wrath of God because Jesus already took it in the garden. He was praying and he said, have this cup pass, but what if that cup, the cup is the full wrath of God and it was all poured out on Jesus. Verse 7 in Colossians 3. You also once walked in these when you lived in them. But now you must also put away the, all these anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, and filthy language out of your mouth. Filthy language is like, kind of goes with anger sometimes and uh, like not being patient. And James says that out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing, and water that is fresh and water that has salt in it can't flow from the same stream. Mm -hmm. 
verse 9, do not lie one to another, since you have put off the old nature with its deeds. The tongue is very powerful. Um, Ephesians says that the only thing you should be speaking is to building up and edifying one another. And so if you're like using your tongue for anything else, it's like a waste of a gift that God gave you. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> if, uh, but if, um, if you are like teaching someone and like encouraging them, it can come to them as like conviction and heart. It's not always like lovey-dovey. Proverbs says a wound from a friend is better than kisses from the enemy. And that's so true. Like if you're in sin, like Satan can be like, oh no, it's fine. Like just, it's whatever, it's not that bad but you really need that friend to come along um, with you and like tell you no, like I can't be in your life and that could hurt you because it's your friend and like uh, it could look like they're attacking you, but it's really out of love. Um, at Camp Moed, we learned about like our iron friends because iron sharpens iron. And um, so like your iron friend needs to come along and say like, no, that's, wrong and it may like wound you but hop back over to Romans 8 verse 8 and those who are in the flesh do not please God. The Bible says everything outside of faith is actually sin. So whatever you do, like, even if it's, like, good things, like, I don't know, giving to charity, if it's outside of faith and outside of, like, um, glorifying God, then it is a sin. Because everything outside of God is death, and you're gonna, if you're going to live in death, then that is sin. Sin equals death. Verse 9. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, now if any man does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to him. And if Christ is in you, though the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. And how are we righteous? By faith. So the Spirit is alive because of faith. But if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his Spirit that lives in you. He'll give life to your mortal bodies. Defeating death means defeating sin and defeating like your um, every pain your mortal body, sin and um, forgiveness and sin go hand in hand. I'm sorry, forgiveness and healing go hand in hand really well because what did Jesus die on the cross for? Forgiveness of our sins and healing of our flesh. 
verse 12. Therefore, brothers, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live through the, but if you, if through the spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. So yes, we are baptized and our flesh is crucified, but we need to make a choice in our spirit to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Verse 14, for as many as are led are those, for many are, uh, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of slavery again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's why we should be going out and speaking to people that were, um, there are so many people at school who have like divorced families or like only single parents and uh, all the families are torn apart. And it's just like really sad that um, their uh, families are torn apart and it's like not whole or, or complete. And so God, like knew this was gonna happen. And so he says that um, I'll not leave you and I'll be the father. And you'll receive the spirit of adoption. Fifteen, for you have not re received the spirit of slavery again to fear, but, this, but you have Receive the spirit of adoption for whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Bible says, I have not given you the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and sound mind. That's why I say every time I go to preach or like speak up here, it's um, like I won't have the spirit of fear to talk in front of everyone because that's like number one fear in life, or it's said to be. And But I will have the spirit of power to talk and love for you guys to tell you it and a sound mind to like know what to talk about. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God, and if children then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Joint heirs means that we receive everything Christ can receive. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. The carnal mind can kill us, but we need to like renew our minds daily and stay connected to the vine, or we can go out where we can go out and share the gospel and glorify God. Because it shouldn't be, Christianity shouldn't be a struggle of all rules and like saying, fighting with this thing and uh, sin and how close do I have to be, how far do I have to be? It should be about um, glorifying God and being made whole and being complete and having our minds 
and years and living by the Spirit before we can go out and actually glorify God. What then shall we say that Abraham our father, according to the flesh, has done? If Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about but not before God. What does the scripture say? Above, Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. Now to him who works, wages are not given as a gift, but as a debt. For to him who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. Even David des describes the blessedness of the man to whom God credits righteousness without works. Blessed are those who, whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered. No matter what we do, God can't love us more or less because God like maxed out on his love for us. Even if it's wrong or right, he's maxed out the until we love him back, that's when the relationship starts. And that's when we get or like um <coughs> assume that position, like I said before, like assume the position of being a prophet or assume a the position of being a son of God, um, that's when we start receiving and being in righteousness, in the faith, in, in the love. back to Colossians 3 and I think we're going to end here. So we've been talking about a lot what not to do and don't be in the carnal mind. Don't be a son of disobedience and be a son of the spirit, but now this is what the son of the spirit is going to look like. Verse 12. So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. 
share with one another and forgive one another. If anyone has a quarrel against one, even as Christ forgave you, so you must do. A lot of times we can think, like, when uh, we've sinned over and over, we can think, have I met that seven times 70 yet, Lord? But that's not the case. He didn't get me 490 times his forgiveness. It's eternal. And above all things, embrace love, which is the bond of perfection. Let the peace of God, in which also you are called in one body, rule in your hearts and be thankful. In Romans it says, if you're carnally minded, it's death, but if you're spiritually minded, it's life and peace. That's what's added on for a purpose. Verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the naming of Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. John used to be my favorite disciple, but I think it's Peter now because Peter is awesome. <laughs> and and uh, Peter walked with Jesus the whole time, and um, he did get to see the transfiguration, which right there, that I think for me, that would have like given me 100% faith all the time. Like I just saw this amazing thing, and like Jesus unbody himself that makes sense and um but there was a even though peter did see this and walked with jesus and saw all these miracles when jesus left him he did disconnect from the vine right there as soon as jesus left and went to go get crucified denied knowing him i can't stress how important it is to be connected to the vine and bearing fruit that's how you know if you're connected are you bearing fruit yeah. or are you bearing this uh, spirit, uh, carnal-minded things like anger and wrath and filthy language. But there was forgiveness for Peter, and he was led by the Spirit, and same guy who denied Jesus later later, uh, in his life was like healing people with a shadow through Jesus. (laughs) He was so amazing. Um, while the disciples were in the boat and Jesus was walking in water and Peter walked out on the water and he uh, was focused on Jesus the whole time and then uh, he looked away and as soon as he looked away from Jesus he sunk that was his disconnection from the vine looking away from Jesus and he sunk down but immediately um, Jesus grabbed him and threw him back in the boat and this shouldn't stop you Romans 8 says, life and spirit have no condemnation. And um, as soon as they got in the boat, the disciples weren't like, oh, whoa, Peter, like, what happened? They were, like, praising God. And as soon as the boat went uh, to the shore, the first thing they did was go out and start preaching and teaching and, like, praying for people again. 
all I have. So make sure people know you're a Christian. Go speak and teach and pray for people and have miracles. The spiritual gifts aren't there just for us. They're there to make the Bible come to life. The Holy Spirit makes the Bible come to life to us, so it can make the Bible come to life to other people, too. So go out and don't give Christianity a bad name. <laughs> um, do you want to pray? Do you want to okay. God, thank you for this day. Thank you that um, I got to speak up here and that Grandpa was so gracious to let me up here. Please be with all of Christ's life and truly represent you. Be with and glorify God. And please have us be led by the Spirit and not be carnally minded and have us never disconnect from the vine. Jesus, please bless the rest of the day and heal off the rain. In Jesus' name, amen.